Praise the Lord. That was wonderful. Amen. It's good to be back at Tiftoni. And Pastor, thank you. Let's see here. What do I got to do here? The bottom one. Y'all got to help me now. All right, I think I got it. Can you guys hear me? It's good to be back. And uh, thanks for your friendship and your your prayers and support. And uh, you've been such a friend to our ministry. And uh, this week now, I want to encourage you to, if at all possible, to not miss a night. These men, we've got some of the, in my opinion, one of the best groups we've, we've had all together at one time, just phenomenal testimonies. And uh, I even opted, I, I could have used, a, given a guy a shorter amount of time maybe this morning, but I tried to, to give them the ample time to share their testimony. So we're going to begin tonight, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and you'll hear six men from around the world with powerful, powerful, life-changing testimonies. Amen. It will speak to your heart. Every, every one of them will speak to your heart. So I want to encourage you to come and, uh, and just, uh, just make every effort to be here and and, and thank you, church, again. Turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis chapter number 4. Genesis chapter number 4. Missions to me, well, it's just personal to me. And I've shared this before, but there, there's some visitors here. Or folks probably forgot even my testimony. But it's personal to me because I grew up in the Lewisburg, West Virginia area. I went to church Every time the doors were open, I had made a profession of faith when I was a young boy, but it wasn't real. I went to college, joined the army, got stationed in Germany, and there just outside of Frankfurt, Germany in a place called Hanau, I was invited to the first missionary Baptist church of Niederau Vendecken. And I went there. Plugged into the church, told them I had been saved, plugged into the church, but then got under the preaching of the Word of God and realized something, that I was not saved. Now, interestingly enough, preacher, that was 1994. In 1994, I come to know Christ as my Savior, and it was as a result of an American missionary that spent 18 years of his life, left Kissimmee, Florida went to Germany, took his family there, raised his girls there, and sacrificed. And I'm here today because of it. In 1994, six months later, after I got saved, I surrendered my life to the Lord, and I knew God was going to use me somehow in missions. I didn't know how. But what I didn't know, that also in 1994, God was starting something else. He was doing a work in Brother Scotty Drake's heart. And in 1994, there was this organization that was started called Help Ministries. In 1994, I walked to an altar so broken that nobody even knew what I did that night. And I had no idea how God was going to use me. And you know, it wasn't until the year 2000 that God introduced me and I met somebody with Help Ministries. And in 2002, eight years later, God called me to come with this ministry, but he put it in my heart in 1994. So for me, it's personal. I know it works. I know it changed my life. I witnessed the life change in others when I 
had the opportunity to travel around the world and see it. So please, this week, make it a priority. Please come. Now, if you found your place in Genesis chapter number 4, if you're able, would you stand in reverence to the reading of the Word of God? Genesis chapter number 4, verse number 1. The Bible says, And Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass that when they're in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness in our lives. Lord, thank you for meeting with us today. Lord, so thankful for the work you did in me. Lord, there are probably many, many folks that have died and gone to heaven, but I'm sure there are many, many folks that are still alive, Lord, that gave, that supported the missionary, that took the gospel to Germany, and as a result, I heard it, was saved and called to preach out from underneath that ministry, and they, they don't know me. I'll never be able to thank them, but God, you know. And I pray your blessings upon them. Now, would you meet with us today? Would you encourage our hearts through your word? We'll be quick to praise you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated, please. All of us have been given a gift from our fathers. A gift that I don't believe our fathers wanted to give us. And a gift that I'm sure that we didn't want to get. It's called a sin nature, passed down from man to man to man. And all of us, we were born, we, we showed up sinners, that's why we sin, because we're sinners. But uh, if we look back at our dad, we'd have to really give him a pass, because the same thing that happened to us, well, the same thing happened to him. And such is the case for all that have been born into this world, with the exception of these two boys that we're going to read about today. See, these two boys had parents that were born and created in a, in a state of holiness, of righteousness rather, unconfirmed, unchecked. They were placed in a garden, and those two parents didn't have the sin nature that all of us were born with. Now, they would get that sin nature, but they got it because they chose it. Think about it. 
Cain and Abel could look at their mom and dad. They would walk there to the Garden of Eden. They would see that it was uh, protected by a cherubim with a flaming sword. They could perhaps peer in and see what could have been, what might have been, had their parents not chose to be disobedient to God. And now this choice that their parents have made is really going to be realized in our text this morning. The Bible tells us that in the process of time, we read in verse, or, or Adam and Eve knew his wife, verse four, or, or verse number one, and she conceived and, and bare Cain. She said, I've gotten a man. She, she again bare Abel, his brother. Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain a tiller of the ground. And here we see, and in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering Unto the Lord. I want to preach to you this morning on this a more excellent sacrifice. A more excellent sacrifice. I'll draw your attention to the verse of Scripture that we'll actually pull our title from. We'll see it in Hebrews 11, verse number 4, where the Bible says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by the which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. And by it, he being dead, yet speaketh. You know, the first person that's in the hall of faith, the very first person that's there is Abel. And by faith, Abel did what he did. You know, oftentimes I believe that we're asked to do questions, that we, we're asked to do things, and faith doesn't understand everything that's being asked to do. See, Abel did something and Cain wasn't willing to do it. No doubt when Adam and Eve sinned and they tried to cover themselves, uh, uh, the, the Lord would come and shed the blood of an innocent animal and reveal to them the high cost of sin, reveal to them the way that, they, that man would now be able to meet with God. And they had told these boys, they knew this, now, you can't convince me that Abel understood everything that was going to happen. Did he know that Christ was going to come in the way that he came? Did he know that he was going to be crucified on a cross, rejected by his people? Did he know all those things? I'm convinced that he didn't know all that. But faith sometimes is asked to do things when it doesn't have all of the answers. But they had to have been told how to approach God. Because by faith, the Bible says, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. And the Bible tells us that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by, how is it church? The Word of God. So in order for Abel's faith to have been displayed, according to Scripture, we can deduce that God somehow, some way, had already let people know the proper way to approach Him. And one brother comes the proper way, and one does not. A more excellent sacrifice. Abel's obedience was rewarded. The Bible tells us to obey is better than sacrifice. Abel believed this, that God had the authority to determine the path of life. I want to say it again because it's really important. Abel believed that God had the authority to determine the path of life. 
Cain believed that you just come to God any old way you want to come and he's going to be okay with it. But he's not. God has a way, a prescribed manner of worship, prescribed manner of giving. Whatever we do must be done on God's terms. Cain went his own way. The Bible refers to this as the way of Cain. The way of Cain, it's to bow up to God. It's to not humble under his rebuke. The way of Cain is religion without faith, righteousness based on character and good works. It's a way of pride, a man establishing his own righteousness of of God that, that can only come through faith in Christ. There could be some Cains here this morning. that You're trusting in your membership in this church. You're trusting in your good deeds that you're doing. You're trusting in, in, in not what God's done, but what you've done. Thinking that God's going to be okay with it. God's going to accept it because I'm sincere. No, God has one way, one prescribed way to approach him. And that's it. The way of Cain. Uh, Cain rebelled against God's way of salvation. 1 John chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. By clothing Adam and Eve with the skins of slain animals, God had made it clear that the only way of forgiveness was through the shedding of blood. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. Cain rejected the divinely authorized way to come, to come and meet and approach God. And, and, and Warren Wiersbe asked this question. Isn't it amazing that man in his fallen state could still come and have a relationship with God? Did you think about that for a second? God said, listen, if you do this, in the day that you eat thereof... Thou shalt surely die. I wonder if those words rung in the, in the ears, in the mind of Adam and Eve the day that they realized that one brother had rose up and killed the other brother. And that it was a direct result of their choice. His obedience was rewarded. His humility was revealed. This is one of the first instances that is upon record of fallen man going to worship God. After the fall, God will be worshipped by sacrifices, a way which carries in it a confession of sin and the desert of sin and a profession of faith in a Redeemer. What was Abel saying when he sacrificed that? He was confessing that he was a sinner. He was confessing that, hey, he couldn't redeem himself. He was confessing that one day God was going to send a Redeemer and by, by committing the sacrifice in this way, he was putting his faith in the fact that one day God was going to send someone that would redeem him from his sin and to be able to do that you have to humble yourself and Abel never could humble himself Cain, excuse me, could never humble himself Abel was an upright person, a righteous man a true believer, interesting though about Cain God gave him a chance to make it right We look back to our text. And in the process of time, I want you to notice something in this text that I believe it also reveals about about their sacrifices, about their giving. We see in verse 3 this, excuse me. 
And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Now, you see how it says, it says Cain brought of the fruit of the ground. Like he just, he brings an offering. But look, at, look, look how Abel gave. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. Not only did Cain bring the wrong offering, but he brought it in the wrong way. You see it? He just brought an offering. But Abel brought of the firstlings of the flock and the fat thereof. Abel's going to give God the first and the finest. The first and the best. And Cain's just going to bring an offering and just give something to God. And God's going to be okay with what I give. No, 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 no. That's not the heart with which God wants us to approach Him. That's the person that thinks, oh, I'll throw, I'll throw a couple nickels at God. I know it's not the tithe, but he's going to be okay with, with how I give. No, he's not. No, he's not. To obey, obedience, God sets the terms. To do it your way is to bow up to God and say, no, I'll do it my way. I, 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 I'm going to do how I want to do. That's the way of Cain. The way of Abel is to, is to submit under the authority of God, realizing that God's in charge and that He has the right to determine the path of my life and what I have the right to do is just do what He tells me to do. He refused to humble. But unto Cain... And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. You know, I've often wondered, preacher, how it was revealed. Did a fire come and consume it off the the altar? I have no idea. Did God speak it? But somehow, someway, God let both of them know Abel's offering was accepted and Cain's offering was rejected. But unto Cain, verse 5, and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. Cain's upset. Because God didn't accept his offering. But Cain, you, you didn't do it God's way. Cain, if you do it God's way, won't you be accepted? And the Lord said unto him, now imagine, here's God. He's already told him how to do it. If it would have been me, that would have been it. They knew. How did Abel know? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But Cain's going to do it his own way. And yet God, here's here's the heart of God. And the Lord said, Cain, why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. What is God saying to Cain? Cain, just, just do it right. Do what I've asked you to do. If you'll do that, Cain, you're going to be accepted. I'll accept the offering. But if you don't, sin's just at the door. Just waiting. And we know. And the Bible says, And Cain talked with Abel his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And what did Abel do? What was his crime? What was his sin? Abel just did what 
God told him to do. And wherefore slew he him because his own deeds were evil and his brothers righteous. The only thing uh, Abel was guilty of was just doing what God had told him to do. Just doing the right thing. Just living by faith. Now imagine now. His obedience was rewarded. His humility was revealed. His offering was respected. Cain brought only a sacrifice of acknowledgement, a mere thank offering from the force of education or maybe natural conscience. Uh, There's folks that just naturally inclined to maybe give something to somebody. There are people all over the world that today will uh, bring off gifts and sacrifices to a God that doesn't even exist not motivated by our God to do that. What are they motivated by? Just their natural conscience, just a natural man uh, to want to give something. And so Cain uh, was just motivated by those same motivations just to bring, just to give. But God had another motive, a better motive. And Cain missed it. The fruit of the ground... Maybe it was offered in innocency the first time. We may, maybe, that's, maybe that's the case, but there was no confession of sin, no, no regard for the ransom. There was no essential, uh, uh, there was no essential uh, uh, realization of, uh, of sin and guilt and a redeemer. But let's say Cain, let's give Cain the benefit of the doubt to say that he didn't know. He gets a chance to make it right. But he still says, "Uh uh-uh, I want to do it my way. I believe there are folks in Baptist churches all over America. They're not going to make it into heaven because they want to do it their way. There's only one way. It's not the way of Cain. It's the way of Abel. His offering was respected. But think now, Abel's life is cut off. I want to draw your attention. Verse 16. Boy, this, is, this, this right here will preach. I'm not going to preach on it. Verse 16, the Bible says, And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. Now we can preach on that. We're not yeah. going to. I'll let, I'll, let, I'll let y'all do that one. Look, verse 17. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Enoch. He built a city, called the name of the city after his son Enoch. And Enoch, he, he begat sons. And it tells it in verse 18. And, and in verse 19, Lamech took unto him two wives. That's important, but we don't have time to mention it. Verse 20, and Adabar Jabal was the father of such, look at this, as dwell in tents and of such as have cattle. So they're building cities and, and now they're, they're farmers and, 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 uh, and tent makers. And his brother was Jubal, the father of such as handled the harp and the organ. Look at this. And then Zilhah, 22, she bare Tubal Cain, an instructor of every artificer in brass and iron. Now here, here, the offspring of Cain. I mean, they're building cities. 
They're farmers. They're, they're, they're propagating the, the land. Uh, they're, they're, they're musicians. They're cultured. Uh, they're, they're builders. They're skilled craftsmen. And they're doing all these things. And that's what Cain's offspring is doing. But what's Abel's offspring doing? It doesn't even mention it. Oh, wait a minute. That's right. His life was cut short. We wouldn't really know anything about him. If it weren't for this. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. Wait a minute, who's going to witness for him? I mean, he doesn't have any offspring to stand up and say, hey, my grandfather, my... Wait a minute. Who's going to testify? God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. Now I want to ask you a question. What did he do? The first person in the hall of faith, what did he do? Did he call down fire from heaven? Did he, was he the guy that put his rod in the ocean and parted uh, part of the Red Sea? Was he that guy? Was he the guy that led the children uh, in the, in the, uh, for 40 years in the wilderness? Or some great king that won mighty battles? Did he march around the city of Jericho and see the walls fall down? No, you know what he did? He just put his faith and trust in God. And he offered a sacrifice. That's all he did. God gave him the word. And he followed God's instructions. And when God tells us what he wants us to do, and we simply do it, Guess what? That's big in God's book. We don't have to do monumental things to be a hero of the faith. Because Abel wasn't. He just offered a sacrifice as prescribed by God. And you know, the truth be told, most of us know that we're never going to do some huge, huge thing as the world would see it. While the world's out building their cities and culturing themselves and making a name for themselves, and as the rest of the world would look at it, being a success, meanwhile, all of us are just just failures. Not in God's eyes. And for all of eternity, Abel's got something that will never be taken away from him. And he's been dead all these years now. And guess what? We're talking about him. Why? Because God testified of his gifts. And even though he's dead, he's still speaking. He's still speaking. And this is what he's saying. Do it God's way. Humble under the hand of God. Do it his way. Obey Be humble and listen, and God will fight for you. God will stand up for you, and God will remember. But he gave God the first and the finest. As we contemplate this missions-giving week, 
must really ask ourselves this. What does God expect? What does God want me to do? The way of Cain is to bow up to God, to do it the way we want to do it. But the way of Abel is to humble ourselves and admit that God has the right to call all the shots. If you're here and you've never been saved, you have to come Abel's way. Will you stand with me, please? I'm going to pray and ask the pastor to come. Father, we thank you for your word. May it find lodging in our hearts. May it speak to us, find us, and meet us where we are at. Lord, there could be one here today, or more than one, that's, Lord, they've never trusted you as Savior. They've been been hanging on to their own righteousness, doing it their own way, believing in their heart that somehow, some way, you're going to respect that, that it's going to be enough. But Lord, what they know deep inside that that's not what the Bible teaches. Lord, might your word bring conviction. And Lord, for everyone else, as they're praying about what to give to missions in this upcoming year, as they're even considering, Lord, will they be here tonight? Will they be here tomorrow night? Will they be here Tuesday night? Lord, I believe you've, you will direct them what to do if they will simply ask. And Lord, may we just listen to you. And may we acknowledge that you have the right to determine the path for our lives. Now help us. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Preacher, will you come, please? Good stuff. Why is it good? It's not good until we make it ours. Convicting? Y'all know what our problems are? Problems the same as Cain's. We like doing it our way. Right? How many of y'all be honest? You like doing it your way. And you know, when it comes to mowing grass, fixing a car, even fixing a boat, shooting a gun, as long as you don't kill somebody with it, there's nothing really wrong with you doing it your way. But when it comes to the things of God, it matters. Do it his way. Now, what's God put on your heart to do? You know, we're living in a day where I think we have gotten that mentality of the way of Cain is, well, you know, it really don't matter just as long as I just show up. Or God really don't matter. It really don't matter to God if I just do this or if I'm putting effort in. No, I think it does matter. We ought to give our best to him. Amen? Now, what about it in the matter of mission? This is our mission conference, and we talk about tithes. That's the Lord's. Faith promises above and beyond your tithes and asking the Lord what he'd have you to do. So I'm going to ask you this morning, what would you do in the matter of missions? You let him speak to your heart about it. Say, well, we always just give a dollar a week. Well, is that what the Lord wants? Is that your way or is that his way? If that's what the Lord wants you to do, then, hey, I'm on board with it. But if the Lord is prompting you and working in your heart that he feels that you can do more in the matter of missions, then just say yes to him today. Amen. Whatever it is. So with head bowed and eyes closed this morning, you're here. You say, Pastor Mark, I'm here and I don't know for sure if I die, I'm going to heaven.
know, Brother Ron even spoke about his testimony. I know Brother Edgy, Miss Edgy, they've spoken about their testimony that they looked like they were saved, acted like they were saved, but the Lord convicted them in a time in their life and they trusted Christ as their Savior. What about it today? Do you know for sure that Christ is your Savior? If you do not know, then this is a good time for you to get to know. You can meet him today. Let's just ask it this way. I love to see the hands raised just a way of testimony. You say, Pastor Mark, I'm here this morning and I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I have trusted Christ as my personal Savior. I don't deserve salvation, but I know I have put my faith in the God of salvation and I'm saved today and you're thankful that he saved you. Would you raise your hand? You know that for sure. That's wonderful. You put your hands down. That's all great. But can I ask you this morning, if you were not able to raise your hand, and even if you raised it and you're not confident about it, I want you to know you can be confident about it. Even if you're online, look, if you're online, maybe you're listening. I'm always amazed of who we're finding out listening. I was in West Virginia this week. Someone told me, we've been listening to all of your services online. And I was kind of shocked by that. But listen, no matter where you are today, you say, Pastor, I don't know for sure if I die, I'm going to heaven then this invitation is for you. Why don't you come? We'll find someone. We'll have someone take the Bible and show you how to be saved. But let me ask you this. How many of you know that the Lord spoke to you about something today? Would you raise your hand? You're a Christian. He spoke to you today. Then why don't you say yes to it? The altar's open. They're going to begin to play. And maybe you just say, well, the Lord didn't really speak to me anything specific. But maybe you'd come the beginning of this mission conference. you just find a place in this altar. And just pray and ask God to bless this week, to bless you, to help these men be a life-changing week. How about it this morning? You know, we don't like to humble ourselves. None of us do. I've learned this. Sometimes God puts you in a place that that's all you can do (laughs) is be humbled. Amen. That is sad, Brother Ron. He had a chance to make it right, and he still didn't make it right. He still chose his way. Let's ask God to help us today. Amen. We'll close in prayer in just a moment, but would you look up this way just a second? I'm going to put y'all on the spot. Y'all like being put on the spot? I don't really like being put on the spot, but I'm going to be put on the spot just like you this morning. I plan on being here tonight, so I'm going to raise my hand. How many of y'all plan on being here tonight? Would you raise your hand? That's great. Well, if you plan on being here tonight, we're going to have a great crowd. Now, how many of you how many of you ain't planning on being here tonight? Raise your hand. <laughs> Appreciate it, buddy. You know why he's not planning on being here tonight? Because our buses, we don't go down there and get him. But I bet you if we could go down there and get him, we'd get him. He'd come. Amen. And uh, let's do our very best. Be here. Now, I'm going to put you all on the spot again. How many of y'all plan to be here every night this week? Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. You plan on being here every night. Would you raise your hand? That's great. That's great. Do your very best at it. And uh, remember, if you need any help with the food, get with your Sunday school teacher. I think Miss Karen and Miss Robin has been working on all the food here. In the, Are we good on that, Miss Karen? Everything's set for Monday, 
All right, and Tuesday, Miss Cindy, everything's. I'm sorry? Make sure the food's here by 4 30 uh, for Monday night. Miss Cindy, everything's set for y'all? Good. Brother Clay, everything's set for y'all for Wednesday night? All right. And so we're looking forward to it. And uh, listen, let's pray. We'll be dismissed. Brother Ron, you want to go to the back? Let folks shake your hand and let you know how much of a blessing and encouragement you've been to us. We're looking forward to him being with us all week. Make sure you're here. Do your very, very best at it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. Lord, we thank you for the word of God. Lord, I'm thankful for Abel. Lord, his life is still speaking. Thousands of years later, we're still looking at his life because he just simply put faith in you. And Lord, that's your way, living by faith. And Lord, as I continue to drive by this sign out here to see sometimes you've got to trust you even when you don't feel like it. That's the way. That's your way is trusting you, trusting you, faithing you, even when it doesn't seem popular or even feel good to trust you. So I pray you'll help us now to live a life of faith. We thank you for what you do. We ask it in Jesus' name and all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Y'all take a look at the time. Y'all got out of here.